All right, then. Welcome back to the Foxhole. Fox, trying to get a Foxhole. Season 5, episode 32. The season finale of season 5. Your faithful host, Ken Harlan, here on a beautiful Sunday in Eugene. As always, we thank the folks at www.purpleplanet.com and Mixler for the tunes and the folks at Rode and Zoom for providing wonderful tools for content creation. Want to be on the podcast or sponsor at ftinfx at gmail.com. Quiet Sunday, watching the little regionals with the, the Beavers and the LSU Tigers be in and out. Also going out to watch the Reds at Civic Park. So I'm going to be trying to get as much of this podcast in in this session and probably a little bit later during the games. Conquer Cap tonight, NBA Finals game two. A lot going on. So, with that in mind, let's get rocking on our season finale. Open FaceTime. I know, can you believe it? We've This is five seasons in the can. You know, every season is 32 episodes, and we've gone through five iterations of this. Looking forward to number six and beyond. What's happening in Open Face this week? Oh, you know, I was just putting this segment together. Normally, I do this during the week, but for some reason, out of time this week, and so I rushed to get it together on Sunday. And I was reading about this whole T Swift curse that everywhere T Swift is played on this monumental tour, these NBA teams have gotten knocked out. So that does not necessarily bode well for the Nuggets. Uh, they haven't, she hasn't played in Miami. Closest she've gotten there, I think, is Tampa. So. If you're a Heat fan, maybe that bodes well. But yeah, every, everyone else, T-Swift has played, and they aren't doing so well. So if that's the case, T-Swift, you may have to get extra protection because you're going to have unruly fans coming at you. Not that there's enough of that. Not that there's too little of that right now in the world. He, he, he. Okay, what else do we have? Well... Big news on the airwaves. Uncle Shay out at FS1. No more skipping Shannon after the finals. A lot of conversations, especially where he might land. I mean, some people, I've heard Stephen A. Smith has reached out. I don't see how those two would pair up, but then again, maybe it's possible with, with a bevy of folks. A lot of folks, you know, talking about his acrimonious relationship with Skip. I'm like, stop it. Skip made a sorry ass. You know what I mean? I'm never going to be one to defend Skip. But the whole thing with Hamlin, he was a little baby, if not an actual bitch. And I'm sure FS1 has gotten tired of his shenanigans, you know. The BS at the at the Grizzlies game. And, uh, you know, some of these other things. Just being a little too outspoken. And just getting a little too big for that particular vehicle. I think he should try to get his own thing as opposed to pairing up with somebody else. I will give him that, that he's built himself up enough of a personality. I don't think it'll fly, but he should give it an attempt. I think getting with Stephen A. Smith, eh, I don't know if that, that works. As far as who Skip is, gonna, is concerned, people say Skip's ego and his dictatorial way of shaping the show's content make it impossible for him to work with. I don't necessarily believe that, per se. I mean, I know there's got to be some truth to it. I think there are people out there that could pair up with Skip. It's just a matter of 
has ever since seen what I've been saying for a long time, that that particular stick is getting tired and old. Maybe they need to move on from that. You know, Skip's made a lot of money. No one's going to feel sorry or shed a tear about him. <laughs> you know, right? That's the way I, that's just the way I see it. Okay. Speaking of on the airwaves, this is no big surprise. Jamel Hill's podcast has been erased from the pod spinner, apparently. Her inspired fire and discussions to end that relationship. You know, after all, she dared a network to pay Joe Rogan, a black personality as much as Joe Rogan. Believe me, if Oprah wanted to do a podcast on Spotify, she'd get the dollars, and so would Obama. So it's a tired act. She's pretty much turned everything that she touches into poop. I mean, what her book sold 5,000 people, uh, 5,000 copies. Uh, the show on Vice with Carrie Champion went nowhere. No one was listening to this podcast. The SC6 pretty much sank her and Michael Smith's career. Did I go on? You know, aside from being a hypocrite and a, and a complete race baiter, she doesn't really bring much to the table. I mean, in the beginning, I thought she was an interesting voice. But, you know, once she started doubling down, getting into it with Trump, and sort of just, you know, making it like she has to carry the torch for our people, you know, right? It's like, come on. You know, if there's somebody that's going to be a voice for African Americans, it ain't you, honey. I'm sorry. You know, and I loved when Kwame Brown called her out a year ago. And, you know, she'll continue to play the victim's route. And there'll be a few people on Twitter who will say she got done dirty. But the truth is, at the end of the day, she did herself dirty. Okay. Let's go to LeBron James. LeBron, turn off your Twitter account. You know, all these cryptic tweets or the one, whatever the case may be. Let somebody else have the freaking spotlight. It's Okay. Nobody's going to forget you even after when you're gone. There's no point in trying to like, hey, pay attention to me. Your place is solidifying. Share, let others share the limelight. You can just sit back, work on rehabbing whatever you need to rehab, and get yourself ready so you can try to get another ring. Or retire and join the, the uh, set on TNT, whatever it may be. But get off Twitter. Quit trying to be an attention grabber. It's just not working, if you ask me. Gotta love Phil Mickelson clapping back at the Twitter troll. I just saw this maybe yesterday. Uh, somebody talking about his gambling problems, asking him how his gambling's going. Because, you know, him going to the lib was a money grab. And him coming back and saying, well, let's be doing it well. I'm almost a billionaire now. Good job, Phil. If, you, if you're almost a billionaire and you lost all that money, well, shit. Why don't you give me some advice instead of the rest of us in the foxhole about how to make some of that mad cash, too? All right. Uh, a lot to talk about in the airwaves this week. How about Stink? You know, Mark Slareff really coming down hard on his former employer, ESPN, as far as their treatment of the Nugs, you know, this whole season and even in these playoffs. It's interesting. I brought this up kind of, you know, last week. Okay, Stink, I think you're, you're, you're going off the top for clicks. You do have a point. But, hey, I even took the Timberwolves for an upset in the first round. It's just until now, and even now, 
outside of the Joker and Murray. Who, how many people could tell me four or five other nuggets? They just have, it, it's not a headline generating team. Denver is not that kind of market. I mean, yeah, the, the, the Broncos are capable of doing that occasionally, but even then, you know, it's easily eclipsed. I mean, look how good the Chiefs are, and as annoying as they've become, and they're still not making the kind of headway. Say it was a team in San Francisco, Los Angeles, or Boston, or even Miami for that matter. It's just the market share, folks. Not rocket science, as we always say. And yeah, I mean, Stink's got a point. ESPN and its, you know, obsession with Boston and LA and the Knicks resurgence. But that's where the eyeballs are, and that's where the dollars are. Not rocket science, as we say from week to week. And what more from the airwaves? Wow. Diana Taurasi. Let's talk a little WNBA. She says she wants to hear fewer comparisons to the men's games during WNBA games. For me, that's like a wow, a total WTF. For one, Miss Taurasi. Diana. Be glad that somebody's even watching the damn product after years of being way, way down there. And I'm sure nobody's watching right now, even with some reinforcements coming from the wonderful talents in the college game right now. Stop it already. I get your point once again, but can we have some reality seep in? You know, okay, maybe you're right. And the five people who are watching might benefit from just hearing about it. But the fact that there are some people who might be watching, no problem making comparisons. Good grief. You're almost as bad as Megan R and those girls screaming about, well, why should there be a men's competition at the same time ours is? Because it makes money and it's business. Once again, not rocket science. Reoccurring theme of this podcast. Season finale. Another week, more battles in the sports world as far as gender uh, LQTBA, you know, talk a little bit about that in the Nightfall of Diamonds, but holding in Vermont where the father and daughter were awarded, I think, 130K because they objected and voiced their opposition to a biological male going into the girls' dressing room to change. Yeah, uh, you know, this doing that in other areas of my life, you know, I'm not using my podcast to like debate this, as I've said before. Interesting times in the sports world, especially, you know, the blowback from a lot of the fans. If you read, you know, as we like to say, we're just here for the comments. I mean, good grief. Just watching how many people say they don't want to watch MLB, NHL, because all these teams, you know, they've changed their logo on their social media pages, you know, that have the rainbow colors because this is that month where we, where we um, honor pride. And it has brought out the worst in a lot of people. And I'm going to have to say, shame on you if you're going to stop watching the game because of that. I'm not telling you how what to feel on the situation because the, that comes down to people's beliefs. But that's no reason to like, oh, I've been a Dodger fan for 73 years. I'm done with them. Are you effing kidding me? Stop it. Okay. Churchill Downs suspends races at the historic venue for this weekend. And we got to ask, 
and was it Deadspin or Awful announcing one of those uh, outlets that were saying, well, maybe we should just take a pause in general and try to figure out what the hell is going on. And we've been saying that on the Fox on the Fox hole for a while. And maybe instead of moving the races someplace else and paying people off, take a deep breath and say, hey, let, let's take a, a good look at what's going on here. Because if you don't do that, you know Congress and the Justice Department and other entities are going to get involved and do it for you. And when they do that, as we've said many times before on this podcast, it's never a good thing. Let's think about it. Okay. Mr. Hamlin, I've talked about him for a while. He is kicking off a CPR awareness tour in Buffalo this week. Sorry, all you folks screaming about the jab, but this is a good thing. In spite of what I may have said and others in terms of it being a little bit overblown, the more awareness we can have about being able to perform that, because you know this is going to occur not only in sports, but in normal life. Good for you. Good to get the word out there. Hope it reaches as many people as possible. Okay. Now I need to take a quick jab. You know, this is media open face session, you know. Uh, you know, all these people that keep talking to me about Ted Lasso and the other shows like it. Well, the Foxhole isn't having it. Stop trying to tell me I should watch it or like it. If it, if it touches you and you enjoy it, great. But I noticed people aren't coming to a Lane United game or LA LAFC game or a PSG game because they watched a freaking episode of Ted Lasso. So stop telling me, well, I think you would like it. No, I watched Footballers Wives and I know that show is probably a thousand times better than that. I'm not saying it's a bad show. I'm just telling you, I don't need the That's not going to enhance my love for the beautiful game or any shows like it. You know, if it sucks in people and you have a storyline and you continue to get re renewed, more power to you. But the foxhole, you heard it here, we ain't having this kind of stuff. So stop telling us, oh, I really think you should like it and tune in and watch. Nah, not going to happen. And my, 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 have we finally seen the last of Salaton? AC Milan and the Mercurial Talesmen have parted ways and at 41 or 42... I have a feeling there are some Saudi dollars, and he's still a, a gated attraction. I know he was really hurt this year. I hope we haven't seen the last of Salat time. And if we have, dude, get into the broadcast booth and, you know, use your personality. No reason for you to step away from the stage. Okay, that was open face. We will be back on the other side with a 43K view. Welcome back to the Foxhole, season finale, season five. So much going on. Got Yankees and Dodgers later. We'll talk about that in the, in the uh, Nightfall of Diamonds. Game two of the NBA Finals. CONCACAF Final. Regional Finals. Women's Softball in the College World Series. 
Wow, this is a great Sunday. It's a beautiful Sunday here. It's uh, about 63 degrees. Going to be beautiful out there at Civic Park, at 2 o'clock start. It's 12.30 right now, so I better get rolling here. I think we're going to use the drones again because I don't have time to get to the airport, get through TSA with my hipster friends at our hipster built beverages. We'll fly the drones. We'll take the high view above campus. What is going on now that, you know, the quarter schools, schools that are on quarter or trimester are wrapping things up and the school year is truly coming to an end. You know, obviously, when you start talking women's and men's college world series, yeah, you know, this is time to turn the page and start thinking about the fall and just how quiet things become as far as this segment goes. But nonetheless, there's plenty to talk about this week. So let's talk about the Big 12. The Big 12 says it is fine with its current configuration, but expansion remains on the table. So I have no idea what the hell that even means. You're fine with the, configure, with the current configuration, but expansion is still and always on the table. So that means, let me see if I can translate that. If a better deal comes about, or you know, right, not better deal, but uh, a better option, like in the, in the wild scenario that some school like an Oregon or a Washington or a Stanford said, yeah, we'll come roll with y'all. Sure, you can join us, but right now, we good. Okay, I guess. Talked last week about the SEC and trying to shake down ESPN for more dollars with this whole conversation about eight or nine game conference slate. Well, I think they came up with a compromise, and this is for 2024, mind you. They're going to play eight games with no divisions, meaning we're going to give ESPN and other networks time to figure out how much money they want to pony up before we go to a nine-game schedule. Makes sense. You're going to make dollars in the meanwhile. Get rid of the stupid division crap that doesn't mean anything. Teams are still going to have, the, the powers that be are still going to have cupcake schedules in terms of certain schools that were playing one another. So, okay, you play one less game for two, two more years. Okay. Well, you know, one of the things that I thought was interesting this week, looking at ESPN, talking about, you know, the journey of Mr. DJ, who came from Clemson to Oregon State, and thinking a little bit about, you know, how successful it's been for Bo Nix coming from Auburn to Oregon, and how these two schools have really benefited. Well, we don't, it, was, it remains to see if Oregon State is going to benefit. I think he's going to do well, but... It's clear that Bo Nix has been a success in Eugene and is coming back for another year. But I think it's interesting, you know, we talked about this a few weeks ago with the Ducks getting a four- or five-star recruit from Maryland. With these QBs, it's pretty much you get recruited, you go somewhere, and it doesn't work out, or somebody they recruit somebody who's better, you're basically auditioning yourself to double up somewhere else. Like in DJ's case, I mean, right, he was supposed to be Goldilocks, you know, T-Law, his successor. 
And clearly that did not work out the way it was supposed to be. And you look at a school like Oregon State with Jonathan Smith, you know, a quarterback, a quarterback's coach. And I said this last fall that this, you know, these kind of schools like Oregon State and you know, even Oregon to that for that matter, are perfect candidates for these guys as far as reclamation projects are concerned. I mean, right? Everything else is going to be in order. If you are that dude, maybe it didn't work out in spot one. There's always another opportunity to redeem yourself or show your worth. And I think that's what's really cool, I guess. I mean, you know, I haven't been the biggest fan of the transfer portal and some of the other changes, but it is here. So I try to look at the positive side of that. I think for these schools and some of these kids, you know, being making a marriage out of convenience after audition one doesn't work out, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Just saying. More movement along those lines. Well, you have in basketball, the MAC Player of the Year, Ray J. Dennis, going from Toledo to Baylor. And this goes to what I've been saying long before I even had a podcast, even before there was the advent of NIL and the transfer portal, that it's always going to be tough for mid-major schools. You cultivate and watch a recruit or a product come to fruition, and then people are posting it like, oh, I see what you did there. Well, hey, why don't you come over here, man? Make us better. And I don't, it, it, it's like pushing one marble, you know, out, pushing one marble in and another pops out, you know, however that analogy goes. But yeah, it, it's part of the reality, but I don't like it and I never will because what motivation do you have if you're a mid major to cultivate a player and build your product slash program up? If you're going to get rated the minute the, the, the beauty comes to fruition of, of, of what you've been doing. All the blood, sweat, tears, and all that stuff. As we always like to say, interesting times that we're living in. Okay, speaking of baseball, let's talk about the NCAA and the money grab that is the baseball regional. I've been in a very angry mood this week. People that know me know I've been fit to tie. I've been my, my, I'm ready to whoop somebody's ass. The SEC and the ACC getting 18 bids. And a conference like the Big West here on the West Coast, a reputable baseball conference, getting one bid. And that's the team that won the conference tournament. My alma mater. I don't have much to say about them because they don't do much. But they had their best record in 21 years. They were 34 and 17. No invitation. And, you know, the fact I talked about last week that the SEC was hosting eight of the, of the 16 regionals and some of these teams like Auburn got bounced early, it burns my ass. And I get the money grab. It is all about the money. What's the foxhole whining about? The boxholes basically say there was enough cheddar and lettuce on the table to, to make sure a school like mine doesn't get fucked over and still have those schools. Expand it. You're making money. ESPN will put the shit on TV. It's just stop it with this nonsense. It's the way it is now. 
I mean, I used to be a huge college baseball fan, but I can't stand watching it because I know what a cash grab it is at this time of year. And it's just like, what is the point? You know, only, you know, giving a shit about the big boys and anybody else that, that works hard and has a decent season, you ignore when it's selection time. You know, be better NCAA. I mean, this is one of the few things you can control because obviously football and basketball are no longer really in your purview. But this is why you are in the spot that you're in. Yeah, you're never going to go away because college sports is huge business, but doesn't mean I got to be on board and be a, a, a waving my pom-poms with everyone else. I think it's complete bullshit. Yeah, that's like four or five cuss words in, a, in, in a, a segment, which is a rarity for me. But that's how pissed off I am about the NCAA. And this has been going on with me for like the last 30 years, back when I went to Northridge and watching my, my team get screwed over by the selection committee, especially when we're good. I mean, and we're talking about a West Coast conference like the Big West that has Fullerton, Long Beach. <laughs> One frigging big... Okay, so as we are in the regionals now, Wake's doing what they're doing. They were named the number one seed, and they're playing like it. No surprise there. Uh, definitely have a lot to say next week as the results shake out. We have an idea who's, who's going to be doing the dance in Omaha. One thing we do know is the Sooners. They keep rolling, winning their 50th consecutive game, 34 shutouts along the way. Man, we're just talking domination. Okay. Uh, let's see what else do we have. Notre Dame wins its first lacrosse championship, defeats Duke. Props to the Irish there. Congratulations. <sighs> Olivia Dunn. You know, I just really... This woman makes me, makes me want to vomit. She's the whole thing about not wanting to be creeped out, but then she posts this thing... Hey, meet me all at the beach and sit here and ogle over me. Hey, I'm in Nashville. Can, they, can somebody grab the cane and yank this chick from the stage? Not like Caitlin Clark, mind you, who had a, at a meeting greet, had folks waiting 11 hours in line to meet her, and she was gracious to what, do a strike at the minor league game, you know, all that kind of stuff. Give, give the attention to someone like her and stop wasting it on Blondie, who's not even the best at her sport. It's just ridiculous. And she's not even that hot. I'm sorry, little boys who oogle over her. I'm not saying she's not an unattractive, but all of this carrying on about her and giving her, you know, $4 million in almost NIL money, it's just mind-numbing to me because it's just, are, 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 are we that vacant? It's the song the Sex Pistols said, you know, vacant, we're pretty, you know, I... All right, folks, we'll move on to something you should probably know on the other side. Welcome back to the season finale of Fox Trotting in the Foxhole, season five. 532. Is that what? 160? 
yeah. Alrighty. Well, it's time for, you know, one of my favorite segments. Something you should probably know. Or things that went on in the sports world this past week. You might want to know or care about. Yeah, okay, we can't sing, but we're just having fun. Just cracked our first adult beverage. Said we're getting ready to go to Civic Park for an afternoon tilt. Really excited about that. Be really nice when they actually have a real stadium there, but that's actually in progress. We'll get to that. What do we got going on here? Memorial Day weekend, a time of observance. All the pomp and pageantry honoring those who've served and made this great land of ours what it is. Well, you know, it's always big race day on Sunday. And how about the chairman of the board doing a double? When I talk about the chairman of the board, you know I'm talking about Roger Pinsky, the ageless wonder. Not only with Newgarden taking Indy in dramatic fashion, but Ryan Blaney overpowering the field to take the Coca-Cola 600. Big weekend for Mr. Pinsky, just putting one more stamp on what he means to the world of motorsports. <laughs> yeah, what can I say, man? I mean, you know, fascinating character anyways, and just all the innovations and all the championships. But yeah, it's pretty cool to see Team Pinsky own Memorial Race Weekend. Okay. Yeah, how about Newgarden making that late pass in the 500? Some good stuff. Took forever for that race to end. I was kind of doing last week's podcast during it. And, you know, kept going outside to talk to a friend of the show, Andy G. And uh, it was like, I swear it must have taken, what, 45 minutes to get like the last 30 laps in with all the wrecks and red flags and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, it was kind of cool to watch Mr. Newgarden make that pass and just say, okay, I got it. In fact, Ryan Blaney just. Just a total boss. You know, definitely had the best car throughout the three stages of the 500. Okay. How about Mr. Davis? Yes, right, Javanta. Back in the gray bar Hilton, as I knew he would be at some point, I was just wondering, could he behave himself long enough before his big payday with, with Ryan Garcia? Well... He violated the terms of his house arrest. And basically, it was supposed to be a lot more modest, but he decided, oh, F no, I'm going to be all sumptuous and have myself some fat, you know, I don't know, what's the word I'm looking for? He needed, he wanted to like be fat. He was at the palace or someplace, you know, right? But basically, he needed something more palatial as far as where he wants to like set up a shop. You know, and get his party on. Well, the, the folks that are watching him decided, no, 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 no. So you're going to spend the rest of your 90-day sentence behind bars getting three squares and a cot. I hope this will make you learn your lesson. I doubt it. I'm sure we'll be talking about your bad behavior <laughs> again. Ooh, man. Well, 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 well. Okay, what do we got? Lee Wood begins his WBA 
featherweight title by dominating Mauricio Lara. This is over in Manchester. Meanwhile, Luis Alberto Lopez knocks out Michael Conlon to keep the IBF belt in the 126-pound division. Right, one league goes by or one association goes by pounds. The other has, you know, the traditional welterweight, heavyweight, featherweight. I don't know. I can't even keep up with it. But I do know this: Clarissa Shields is still whooping ass. She goes to fourteen and zero and retains her middleweight belt with a dominating win over Marcella Cornelo. Over in the UFC, the main event last night. Amir Abazi defeats Kai Kara France via decision in the flyweights. Abazi is now 17 and 1. Pretty impressive as he looks to become one of the dominating fighters in the sport. One second. Okay. Had to make a quick adjustment. Over at Roland Garros, the tennis joker is doing what he does. Cruises. To the quarterfinal, no Rafa. I have a feeling he's going to pocket another Grand Slam championship, adding to the illustrious career that he's already had. Over on the links, name I haven't thought about in a while. How about Steve Stricker defeating another name I haven't thought about too much in recent times, Patrick Harrington in a playoff to take the senior PGA championship. Congratulations there. Also cool to see Ro Zhang raising eyebrows at her LPGA debut. Hanging tough with the big gals. Love to see that. One of the things we're not too happy to see. Every week, pick a sport. Somewhere else, somebody's being a dirtbag. Tennis player Sloane Stevens spoke to what's becoming an all-too-familiar pattern. Racist nonsense. You know, their tennis venue. Really? And I thought you folks in tennis were supposed to be so proper and had etiquette. But nonetheless, we can't escape that there. Even over in the under-20s, Brazil has to file a complaint about folks being jackasses over there. Racist taunts, you know, with the youngsters. You know, I don't know, and I say this every week, play the damn games behind closed houses. Forget about the dollars for a minute and try to teach people a lesson. I don't know if that will even work, but you got to try something because this bullshit is just, for me to keep talking about it every week, and the more frustrating it becomes to me, for me to keep bringing it up. You know, I, 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 hopefully these folks have got, you know, ice water in their veins, and the stuff doesn't rattle them. Because if you're doing it to rattle them, that's completely BS. If you're doing it because you're an asshole, well, you need to be eliminated from the, the gene pool. You know, there's just been so much weird stuff as far as fan misbehavior. You know, I talk about it in a closer look in other segments. But really, we know life has gotten hard in in the uh, COVID era and, you know, the 
I don't know what you want to call this financial up and down with inflation and all these other things. Sure, there's a lot of frustration enough for eight or nine lifetimes. Does that give you a license to go to the arena, the ballpark, and you know take that nonsense? Every time you think we're actually making progress, whether it's woke-driven or actual societal advancements, you see crap like this to say, wow. Gee, I didn't know it was 1963. All right. Jeez, how about this motorcycle-bicycle crash at the Ironman Euros? They did, I mean, and the thing is, the guy on the motorcycle is the one who ends up passing away. Because I think the scenario is, you know, you have somebody on a motorcycle with a camera person, and somehow they collided. Don't understand how they can be in such close proximity to where that could happen. But yeah, it sounds like a really ugly thing that didn't have a good outcome. Our condolences go out to the motorcyclist's family and friends. You know, definitely something you don't want to go to an event to see and have to, like, you know, process later. All right, folks, we'll be back with some Night Full of Diamonds and Ice Rink of Life on the other side. Ice Rink of Life on the other side. Welcome back to the Foxhole season finale. Just sitting here having myself an adult beverage, Beavers and Tiger Zero Zero on the fifth. Need to like really readjust so I can get myself out to the ballpark for a little USL two action. Uh, let's see here. What do we got here? Well, well, well. My friend just sent me a link about the good old Grateful Dead podcast, talking about RFK 61073. Really looking forward to that box set coming out. But in our Nightfall of Diamonds, ah, the A's in the story that won't go away. You know they're going to Vegas at some point. I mean, what is it? 11.59 and 52 right now. Maybe there's eight seconds left. For somebody to swoop in and save baseball in the East Bay. It's not 100%. Because there's still this weird thing with Fisher. And a lot of folks feel that he's trying to do a pump and dump. Basically, trying to get as much money out of MLB, the state of Nevada, and whoever else. And then sell the A's for a pretty penny once they're in Vegas. Now... <laughs> My, my, my head's really ready to explode with this story. How it's not necessarily done. Unless it is 1159.52. And there is in my, in my mind a way that, they, that this, this Vegas thing doesn't happen. It doesn't feel right. Unlike the Raiders and the Golden Knights where Las Vegas was ready, was ready to do anything to, to, be, to have some skin in the game. I know from living there that this is a hard this is a hard town. 
and you can't pull some flim flammy nonsense on them without them pushing back. And I get that sense going on here with this A's thing that the lukewarm reception that it's receiving speaks volumes to me. And it makes me wonder, is this actually going to happen? I do not see baseball in the East, in, in the East Bay being an option. I've said that a thousand, two billion times. And I'm going to stick to that. Right, I do not think the Bay Area is a two-market team. There are very few there are very few places now that can sustain two teams. You know that's not rocket science, as we've been saying throughout this podcast. Anyways, we'll be talking about this in season six and beyond until the A's are wherever they're going to be. Bummer. Is Steven Strasburg done? Apparently, this nerve damage that he's that he's been experiencing at 34 is pretty much one of the more promising talents at, at one point. He's done. I, I can't see, you know, and this sounds like some nasty stuff. I'm not a doctor, but, uh, you know, right? He tried to make a comeback this year, but it was in such pain he can't even grab a baseball. So, you know, I just hope he can have a normal life afterwards. Right at this point, but yeah, I have. I mean, I would be really shocked at 34 if he pitches again for the Nats or anybody. Okay, what I was saying earlier about you know this being Pride Month, Kirsch going there. Wow, Kirsch isn't happy, and you know that's kind of interesting. He's got the best record as far as interleague play goes, the best winning percentage, but. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about how he's really disappointed with the team. You know, the team's kind of waffle as far as how to handle the Rainbow Coalition. And I'm, not, and I'm talking that Rainbow Coalition. And, uh, you know, quite frankly, I, I get it. I really do. But, man, I wish you just would stay away from that. Now, once again, when it comes to your faith, I'm not here to, to debate that with people. That's just not, that's somebody else's podcast. You know, that can't. I, for me, I'm with, I'm with the crowd that says, you know, sports is supposed to be an escape. And now that folks have used this for political and, you know, making religious statements, and then that's always been the case in some degree. But more so now, where people you know, are trying to draw the line in the sand. And, you know, it's, it's his prerogative, just like, you know, uh, the soccer players and the hockey players that didn't want to wear the jersey. It's a business. And your business, you're trying to appeal to all sorts of, of crowds, types. You want them dollars at the end of the day. And if that bothers you, then okay, don't give your money to it. I think it's absolutely ridiculous because it's never been about this whimsical version of, of baseball that you thought it was. It's always been about the dollars. It's just gotten to a point now where they want to expand their audience. They want to make everybody feel welcome. And if that's too much for you and you can't put the blinders on because the social media... That's a hey, rainbow LA. I can't help you, right? 
I'm not here to tell you not to feel that way. That's on you. But just remember, it is a business. And you're trying to reach as many people as possible and get their money. What am I going to say? Not rocket science. Okay. How about the regional networks just falling apart and what this means for in-market broadcasts? Well, it, to me, it doesn't mean that much. It's just you're going to see MLB go the route of the NFL, MLS, but I mean, more so the NFL and MLS as opposed to the NBA where regional networks still have you know, a footprint if you watch NBA TV. But yeah, all you're going to have in MLB or probably like the network hire its talent and just basically that's what you're going to get. You're probably going to have to pay more money for it. That's because that's how things work. But and again, as opposed to this flim flam crap that Sinclair has got going, that's obviously, you know, falling apart. Yeah, MLB takes over the whole thing and does something like MLS has, but probably on a grander scale because there's obviously more money in MLB than there is in MLS. That right? Makes sense? Okay. How about the judge holding court? I mean, you know, he's injured and all that kind of stuff. He's got 19 knocks. This is as many games as played as last year. Making great plays in the field. Shoot, this guy's box office, man. Right now, the Dodgers and the Yankees are locked up in a big series. Of course, nobody really cares, which is interesting because it just shows you that inter interleague play is not moving the needle like it used to. It's like, if I if Judge wasn't acting up, I wouldn't even know these two were playing. Well, I would, but I don't think it carries the same cachet that it once did when you were talking, wow, Yankees and Dodgers are locking up and, you know, interleague series. All right. Let's hop on our Zamboni. Let's take a quick look at the ice rink of life. Vegas destroys Dallas to move on to the Stanley Cup. Can they win it all? Well, if last night is any indication, they lit up the lamp. What, they have uh, five goals last night? 5-2 winner in game one? So Vegas looking to snatch its first major title. Looking good there. But hey, the Panthers, they're not writing them off by any means. But things are looking good there. The Kraken signed Ron Francis to a three-year extension. Kudos there. I expect Kraken to continue to do wonderful things. Although, Bettman says he wants to see the Coyotes remain in Phoenix. Dude, take a shot of bourbon or two and like come to your senses and say, wow, the Kraken in Portland... What am I going to do to put that seed in your ear to make that happen? With all this talk, can we say the NHL has made a major breakthrough? No. I think every year it's getting more intriguing as these non-traditional markets, you know, pump new energy into the game. But I still don't feel like it's moving a needle on, on the big stage as much as it could be. Making some progress there and seeing teams like the Kraken and the Golden Knights are definitely going to go a long ways to that. And that's what I'm saying. Get a team in Portland and make that a rivalry. You know, cascading on ice. Think about it, Mr. Batman. Okay, we will be back with the NBA beat on the other side. 
right. Making all kinds of ruckus and racket. In the foxhole, season finale, <laughs> season five. Let's go to the hardwood, shall we? So Mr. Silver, we talked about last week and we'll talk about more this week. He's had a dilemma. He says he's going to announce the punishment for Jaw after the finals. He doesn't want Jaw to be a distraction to the league's showcase. I believe him, but on the other hand, I think he needs more time to figure out what the hell to do about this and how the hell to resolve this. There are people like myself, as we've talked about, ad nauseum, that want to come down hard on Jaw. And then there are those who feel it might be detrimental, that the harsher the punishment, that we might lose it. Newsflash, he's a talent, but the NBA will move on if we, if we lose him. We don't want to see that happen. And I'm not poo-pooing on the folks that are looking at it from that from a care perspective in terms of there's going to be a happy medium to punish this guy, but not make it punitive to where it leads to more devastating consequences, I suppose. And so, yeah, you don't want this to be a distraction, but I do like that, hey, take your time to come to the decision. Okay, Bob Meyer steps down to Golden State, and this is the end of an era. Yeah, you got to think. You gotta think, Mr. Lakeham, you know, the owner and his partners. It was one thing to have the architect there and keep the band together and pay, you know, the half a billion dollar luxury tax. But if you're a new guy coming in, though seeing the struggles that the Warriors had last year, and seeing the big numbers that you have to pay Draymond and Clay, guys on bald tires. It makes no sense. Obviously, you can still build around Curry and the pieces you have there, but I think there's all kinds of moves that can be made, and whoever Mr. Lakin brings in, I do believe this is the end of an era as far as this dynasty that the Warriors put together. Why Mr. Myers is walking away is beyond me. Does he want a new challenge? Does he want time to recharge his batteries, or both? As we like to say, only time will tell. Well, how about the Pistons breaking the bank to sign Monty and make him pretty much one of the highest paid coaches in the league? I mean, he's like, I think the highest paid coach in the league. Well, if you're Daytois, that makes a lot of sense. I'm glad to see Monty lying on his feet for one. He deserves it because I think Phoenix did him dirty. Um, When you're as irrelevant... As the Pistons have become, I know Detroit Pistons like to talk about their bad boys and that cheap title they stole from the Lakers in 04, whatever the hell it was. But let's face it, it's a desert out there. So you've got to do whatever you can to become relevant. And putting it in Monty's hands, not a bad thing. I think Monty getting away from Sarver and now Matt I is probably a wonderful thing as he deserved better being around toxic people like that in the dumpster fire that is Mr. Aiton. So, you know, you've got a lot of work in front of you, Monty. 
but I think you're the right guy for that job. So, you know, definitely I'm not rooting for you to have success because I don't like the Pistons. But, hey, I want you to be happy and do a good job. How about that? I'll meet you halfway. The Sixers hire Nick Nurse as their coach. Is that a good move? I think so. Given, you know, the success that he had previously in Toronto and this bunch, depending on what you do with Harden, needs the, the right guy. I think Nick Nurse may be the right guy. I'm not sure if Mr. Harris has hit a home run here or not, but they could have made worse moves. Keeping Doc would have been a worse move. So we'll see how that plays. Over in, speaking of Phoenix, they hire Frank Vogel, formerly of the Lakers, won a championship in the bubble. Is that a good move? Yeah, I, I, it is a good move. Given that you've already got players there in their season, and I think Frank can come in there. Well, I don't know if this is on. In five years, we'll be having this conversation, but for now, in terms of somebody coming in there that Katie and Book and if CP3 does return, can work with those right buttons to push, sure. You know, hopefully they don't tune out on him like what happened with the Lakers. But I think it's a safe choice for the cast they have to put together right now in Phoenix. Definitely. Okay. Apparently, Mr. Wambayama is going to play in the Summer League. Whew. I mean, the Summer League was already off the charts in terms of what a circus it's become and, and you know, the California Classic and the things they do in Vegas. Can you imagine what the tickets are going to be like if Mr. Wambayama's playing in these games? Well, a, a, a quiet summer just got a lot noisier, wouldn't you say? Okay, let's get to the court. Well, the Leprechaun, who showed up in Game 6 and produced some more legendary Boston magic, did not show up at home at the TB North Bank Garden. And the Celtics lay a turd, and Miami returns to the finals. Spoles heading to his sixth final. Are we surprised? No, I told you he's one of the all-time greats. Boston having another meltdown with this Sterling cast. Is it a surprise? Not really. We've been seeing signs of this for a, for a while. Of the gang that can kind of achieve, but doesn't. I know, Mr. Pritchard, Oregon boy here. I, want, I didn't get enough minutes. Well, even if you had got enough minutes, would you have been a difference maker? Probably not. Tough. You know, I talk about Philly and its postseason nightmares. Boston is starting to add up as well. With the Red Sox not being who they were. The Bruins obviously in their nightmare. And the fall of the Patriots. But if you don't like Boston, you're probably giggling in your center right now. Okay, enough of them. How about the Riles legacy? Huh? Pat Riley... Dude's what, been involved in, what, 21% of, of the finals in the NBA's illustrious 75-year history? Wow. Wow, wow, wow. So, you know, even though we had game one, I didn't get a chance to tell you what I thought. I do like the Nuggets. 
And in game one, the Joker and Murray handcuffed Miami, even though I think Miami showed enough. I mean, was that that guy, was Highsmith, you know, shooting the lights up? Miami's not going to go away. I talked about the T-Swift curse <laughs> in the beginning. So do I, I, do I see this series going long? Yeah, I do, because Miami is just one of those dogs that's not going to go away. I think Jimmy Buckets is going to have to be spectacular for this to go six or seven games. You know, I was talking about in the earlier segment about Stink and you know the dissing of the Nuggets. And that, you know, the, the ignorance and the... Um, <laughs> And ignoring all that is very real. So if they were to win this series in four or five games, would I be shocked? Hell no. They are that good. But I also believe Miami's that good. They're not a typical eighth seed. And, you know, what they've shown here in recent years only proves that, getting to the final once again. I think it's very important for them to somehow get a split here. I don't like if they go down 2-0. I just think Denver has too much firepower. And they'll go into game three. Just say it. You know what? We, we went to the crib. And quite frankly, the Lakers are a little bit tougher than y'all. The Lakers got you know a little bit more length. And we were able to like slice and dice them up. I think it is very imperative for the Heat to still game two tonight. Then we will see if we can have a long series. Regardless, we'll be talking about it, you know, in the season one or season six, episode one. Um, we will that out sometime next week. Looking forward to it. Kind of cranky that they made us wait till Sunday, but now that we're going to have CONCACAF and the NBA Finals and all kinds of other stuff going on at once, it's going to be a great Sunday. It's going to be a very tough Monday in the workplace. All right, folks. We are rocking and rolling. We'll be back in a little bit. All right, then. Welcome back to the foxhole. A little bit later, as all kinds of things got in the way yesterday when I started this podcast. So we're kind of finishing it up on a Monday. Wrapping up the season finale, some things that have happened. You know, we can tell you that Jimmy Buckets, Bam, and the supporting cast took the Nuggets down last night. Now we have ourselves a series. As I talked about in the early segment, that for this to be a series, the Heat had to win. And the Heat showing that they have that D-O-double-G once again. Yeah, I mean, who knows now? I think, as I said before, Denver is the better team, but Miami has that D.O. double G. And as long as they've got that going with, you know, that Pat Riley and, Spol and Eric Spolstra connection, who knows? We all have a lot to talk about in the season premiere as the series progresses. Things are not looking good for the Panthers, as in game two, friend of the show, Alec Ford there. We'll have to talk to him, maybe get a report on the vibe. But it's 4-0. A 
Golden Knights poised to go up 2-0 in that series. Okay, let's talk some beautiful game life. A lot to update here as well. We'll start off with B.J. Callahan being named the United States men's interim coach. And, well, I got a lot to say about that, but I'll save that for the next segment. Just making note of it here. Elsewhere, the per, the parade of the kings of UEL, Europa League. Sevilla defeats Roma. The chosen one being... The douchey one is always in defeat, but Sevilla once again showing that they own that competition. Can't really do it in the UCL realm, but they definitely own the Europa realm. So congratulations to Sevilla for adding another European championship to their trophy case. Well done there. No surprise here. And City's continuing season of dominance. They take the FA Cup as they take out their... Inner, uh, inner city rivals, Manchester United 2-1 yesterday. A lot going on with that. So let's talk about SCCL. Yeah, it's a dark moment for me. I will say that. In the first leg, Lyon pretty much bossed LAFC. Although that late goal was, was wiped off and LAFC had a miracle goal late. Everyone thinking that with the black and gold returning to BMO Stadium, they would take care of business. It was not to be. It was definitely not LAFC's run here. Lyon are the champions of CONCACAF. This idea that MLS has got a leg up, nope, not so fast. We'll get into that a little bit more in the next segment. But yeah, it was a you know it was a rough one for LAFC fans, getting all crumbed on. No shame. Lyon deserved to win this and. You know, in spite of the shithousery that you see from Liga MX, well, those are no complaints. It's just LAFC has to go back to the drawing board. Okay. Messi confirms that he's leaving with leaving Paris. Got some booze, but there was also a lot of love in the clubhouse. Not sure where he goes next. I mean, it's time to do a quick postmortem on the N, the MNM partnership. Ah, you know, I'm not going to say it's a colossal failure. You know, after they didn't win Champions League, they didn't really do well in the domestic cups, but let's face it, PSG doesn't really give a crap about those. You know, they added two more titles as far as League One, and now, as I talked about last week, they have 11, passing Saint at the end. So it wasn't a colossal failure, but it's definitely not what we expected when Leo came to Paris. What happens next? Well, I don't know if the Neymar stays. And Bappe, as I told you last week, is going to stay. Messi, you always talk about him coming to MLS. But let's re be real about this. You know, right? Inter Miami just fired their coach, Phil Neville, by the way. They're at the bottom. Why the hell would Messi join that dumpster fire when he can get a half a billion dollars playing in Saudi, as the Saudi league is really trying to legitimize itself even more. Or perhaps if the powers that be in La Liga find a way for him to return, I don't know how, financially, unless he wants to take a pay cut. To me, it just seems utterly ludicrous. 
that he would turn down a half a billion. I've told you that uh, countless times. Ethical or not, his, you know, he'll live in a palace. His family will be treated like royalty. To me, this is, you know, an easy sell. And with Benzema going over there as well, as he departs Real Madrid, you have Benzema, CR7, and Messi. And that's a huge feather in the cap for the Saudis as far as an attractive product. Definitely a lot better than what the Chinese Super League did, you know, earlier, you know, in the last decade. So, I mean, obviously remains to be seen. But if you have those three playing in your league, yeah, that's a step up to being legit and forcing even the most bitter, jaded folks to take, you know, a pause and say, huh, let me see what's going on here. TV rights, all of those things. So, yeah. Speaking of Liga MX, Tigris wins a title. Props to them. Not surprised there, you know, the juggernaut that they always will be. Domestic-wise, the Galaxy, as I've talked about repeatedly, being an endless dumpster fire, finally do what's necessary, and they fire President Chris Klein. I think it should be a complete house cleaning over there, given how far they've fallen, and irrelevant compared to what LAFC has been able to accomplish in its short six years. But yeah, when you saw what the power rankings had to say about them last week, where they're not a serious club, it was time. You know, the few people that are going to the games are just basically jeering, so salty. I mean, actually getting happy about beating a C squad shows you how far the Galaxy have fallen. So, Gal or is that we're up for the Galaxy from here, basically, right? And I said in a Sacks film level, I don't, unless, you know, they can convince Pep or someone like that, the coach in Miami, I just can't see Messi going there. They're just going to have to, like, pick up the pieces. I can tell you that FC Cincinnati continues to sizzle. They lead by eight now, setting all kinds of records. Won't mean a damn thing if they end up like, you know, the Boston Bruins. I somehow see this happening where they've lost the regular season but get into the postseason. But who knows? That's the beauty about MLS. You can try, you can talk all the trash you want about MLS, but there is a true sense of parody, right? We've had, who, what was the last time somebody repeated an MLS? And you have stories like an FC Cincinnati rising from the dumpster to be a force to be reckoned with. All good things there for sure. I will say the FTINFX curse strikes once again as I was singing the praises of FC Dallas. And now FC Dallas has tumbled back to reality. I mean, they haven't fallen that far, but they now are getting a taste of reality. And, you know, it seems like it's going, now that LAFC has been knocked out of SCCL, it's probably going to be a two-horse race. Even though St. Louis is hanging in there, but I think the Sounders, who are looking a little shaky right now, you know, obviously the injury to Morris is a big deal. Played to a 0-0 tie in Cascadia up there at Lumen. Total snooze fest that was. Not sure what to say about the Timbers. Every time you think Gio 
has got them in an upward trajectory, they take a step back. But I think right now, we're like, we'll are call it a three-horse race between LAFC, Sounders, and St. Louis City. So that's all exciting. It was good to see Lane United get a big win in its home opener. Unfortunately, like LAFC yesterday, when, they, when I went out to see them in the afternoon, another one of those, it wasn't their day. They lost 1-0. Definitely could have put up five or six goals in that game. But that's the thing, why it's the beautiful game, why this is the beautiful game live segment. Sometimes you can put your best foot forward, and it's just not your day. And that was the case with Lane United yesterday. For you folks locally, please come out and check it out. Yeah, putting together the stadium thing there. But once that's happening here in the near future, it won't be this year, but hopefully next it'll be done. It could be a fantastic environment. It's already cool. I highly recommend folks go out there and check it out. All right, folks, that's what's going on pitch side. We'll be back with a closer look on the other side. All right, got ourselves a tasty adult beverage. We'll get through the rest of the finale for season five. Looking forward to season six. All kinds of stuff going on here. Golden Knights still bossing it. Second period, really surprised. Although we'll see what happens when the series shifts to South Beach. But right now, Vegas looking prime to get its first major championship. Cool stuff there. Still tripping out that the Joker had, what, 41 last night, and the Nuggets were, were not able to take command of that series. It's going to be a total dogfight. All right. Time before we get to a closer look, got, you know, some RIPs, unfortunately, to get out. You know, three icons. First, start out with Roger Craig, the Hum Baby. The last connection to, or one of the last connections, actually, to the great Brooklyn Dodger teams of the 50s, right? The Boys of Summer, it was like my Carl Erskine, I think, is the only one left at this point. Um, yeah, you know, what he did with the Giants back in the day, you know, like I said, the whole hum baby thing, Kevin Mitchell, all that, Will Clark, all that stuff. Yeah. You also have Norma Hunt, the patriarch of the Chiefs. She passes on to join her husband, Lamar. Definitely an icon is, you know, and a pioneer who took the reins after her husband's death. What they've done, you know, obviously I've talked about them quite a bit lately. I'll talk about them again in the, in the next segment. But then we also have the legendary Jim Hines, who for the longest time held the record for the 100 meters that he set in Tokyo back in 64. He passed away as well this week. Our condolences go out to their family, friends, and, you know, their inner circles and whatnot. Yeah. Okay, so let's get to it. Let's, for the last time in Season 5, let's editorialize, opinionate, rant and rave, whatever you can think of. Closer look. Well, let's get back to the finals. And we call this the Silver Challenge. Talked already that he's got Jaw on his plate and he didn't want to announce Jaw suspension because he didn't want to take away from, you know, the, the, the glory and spectacle that the finals are. And in this particular case, he's got a point. 
I think us hardcore basketball fans truly appreciate these two teams, but it is a tough sell. And you have to wonder, what is Mr. Slipper going to do moving forward? This is not something that's, you know, completely in his lap. Stern, O'Brien, all those cats before that. When you have these, you know, I mean, Miami's kind of a big deal. But still, even with their pedigree, it's still not like the Lakers, Celtics, the Warriors to a certain degree. And especially the Nuggets this being their first time. Until this series, like I said, how many people can you name outside of Joker and Murray on the, on the Nuggets? Most people probably can't. Even after watching two games, they'd still be hard-pressed. And I don't know what Mr. Silver does to, to rectify this. You know, right? It's always wonderful when you get the Celtics, Lakers, or Lakers playing anyone because you either love the Lakers or you hate them. And the Warriors... You know, for the most part, are pretty likable. The Celtics have the history. Obviously, if the Knicks could get their shit together, that'd be a whole different animal. The Nets don't have that cachet. Even when they had the super team, it didn't really move the needle. And as much as I think Mr. Silver is done to repair some of the damage done from the NBA getting a little too influenced by the Wokesters and the SJWs, it's still a perception when you get away from the really marquee franchises. There's no remedy. You know, obviously, Mr. Wambayamba going to San Antonio. But San Antonio's got pedigree. You know, what about the Atlantas? You know, what about the Portlands? Right, you know. Man, we won't even talk about Memphis because they're just, they're, just, they're just junk. But you get the point that I'm talking about, right? Indiana. You know, even Philadelphia, you know, right, that these teams are viable, but if they're in the spotlight, nobody gives a damn. And so, and I don't know how he fixes that, but I feel that for the NBA to take the step it probably should, you have to figure out a way to create some more buzz around these teams. Because even this, this finals, I just, I, it feels flat to me that, yes, the hardcore basketball fan is all about it, and it's just kind of marveling to see, you know, the Joker on this big stage. You know, we all know about Jimmy Buckets. We all know about the Heat because they were in the finals in the bubble a few years ago. And, you know, with what they did with Wade and Shaq, you know, obviously LeBron and Wade, and, you know, their supporting cast. So, you know, like I said, I put Miami, you know, in a high pedigree category, but it's not enough to move the needle when you're playing a team like Denver, that as talented as they are, just there's no buzz around that franchise. So, hey, you got your work cut out for you, Mr. Silver, in terms of enhancing your product. Okay, let's get to the United States soccer redo. We talked about it last week. We're gonna go, we're gonna double down on that. First, the hiring of B.J. Callahan as interim coach. I was not happy about how, you know, they did Mr. Greg. Kind of felt they did him dirty for what he was able to accomplish. But let's face it, folks were never going to be happy with him. You know, between the Open Cup, between the United States men's national team, between MLS and, you know, the, you know, her dolo kind of whining 
He's got a point about MLS needing to adjust its salary rules so they can compete in competitions like this. It's legitimate. I just think it wasn't taken well in wake of LAFC losing. But it just all these all these loose ends I'm just bringing up. It sounds like I'm bouncing all over the place, but I'm not. All these things tie together in terms of United States soccer at a crossroads. Right? If you're going to get a marquee coach for the national team, do it already. I know you don't have to agree with everything Alexi Lawless says, but his impassionate speech the other night was totally spot on. Quit effing around and make something happen here. 2026 is not that far away. And we're still kind of, you know, fiddling about in terms of figuring out who's going to drive the bus. Nobody knows who B.J. Callahan is, and even in this interim role, as Ernie Hudson just, uh, Ernie Hudson, like I'm talk, talking about Oz or something like that. You know what I mean, the guy I'm talking about for some reason. Anyways, that's the point. You have these interim coaches kind of come in, you know, for a couple of windows. And I just feel we're stagnating. And given the impressive performance, and yes, I still think what we did in the World Cup was impressive, seeing the competition. We're taking a step backward instead of the two forward that we should be doing, given the momentum that should have ensued this past w window. So I don't know. And then you know, I flip it back to MLS. Okay, at one point when the league was fighting for survival, the salary structure that you need to have a PhD from Caltech to really understand how it truly works made sense. It doesn't now. And you're handicapping teams, right? LAFC should have been able to fill the team, not only to win the U.S. Open Cup, but in the end have even more depth than it did against a, a Liga MX squad like Lyon. Nothing against what Lyon did, like I said, fair and square. But, you know, I think it's a systemic problem that needs to be addressed in terms of if we want to become, if MLS and United States soccer wants to get into the upper echelon as opposed to being the butt of all jokes. Makes sense, right? You know, and even when I think about, you know, the under-20 World Cup for the women and men, what, you know, hardly any buzz about that. And... When you see the amount of people who are playing the game, who are going to these games, it just felt like the powers that be that are part of the U.S. soccer power structure need to drink some coffee, maybe, you know, the triple shot of espresso, wake the fuck up and make things happen. It's there for the taking. It's there to flourish. And yet, we're kind of just sitting here like, oh, man, I don't care. Let me have another bong hit and, you know, a couple of ciders, and we'll deal with it at some other point. No, 2026 is around the corner. The Sounders and the LAFC have shown they're ready to compete on the global stage, but they're being held back by just, you know, things that I feel are very archaic. So anyways, that's food for thought there. We'll be back with the NFL report and TMC time to close out this season. See you on the other side.
Alrighty. Time to wrap Season 5 up in a nice little bow and start thinking about what's going to happen in Season 6. But before we do that, let's take a look around what's happening in the No Fun League. Well, well, well. The Commanders. You know, that team that I can't help talk about. Yes, I'm a fan. But they managed to somehow ease their way into the into this segment because they're a dumpster fire and always find ways to just baffle folks. But there are some positive signs coming from the national from the nation's capital. One being that the Harris Group is set to meet with the Finance Committee. Could this finally be over where Josh Harris, Magic, and the other guy move forward and we see something different in the nation's capital? It's sure looking that way. And I know there's a lot of relief and comes to the Washington NFL team. because We don't even know what the hell they're going to be called with this whole trademark thing. And just folks not really wanting to embrace the commander's name. But of course, it can't be a week where people can truly celebrate. Why? Well, Chase Young skipping OTAs and the blowback that people are not happy about it. And, you know, I've had to give this some thought. You know, obviously he went number two. And guys like Herbie, Tua, and other ballers who've done quite more because, you know, he had the catastrophic injury, came back, even though it took forever, showed some flashes of brilliance. Team not picking up his option. I get that. And, you know, I get him and Sweat have the same agent, and they don't, and maybe they don't want to risk anything in his case, you know. But if you're that much of a China doll, then your future in Washington should be limited. And I think it does send the wrong message to a team that is trying to somehow, you know, become relevant again. And it would have gone a long ways for him to have shown up. But hey, you know, you got to do what's best for you, as they say. Okay. The Colts, Isaiah Rogers, the latest to be under scrutiny for gambling. As I say again and again. Do these clowns ever learn? I, you know, it, it's it's kind of sad, really. I mean, how many times do I have to say it? You got plenty of time to get your gambling on after your playing days are over. Make the fat cash and live it up afterwards. Don't be a knucklehead and cost yourself or even get run from the game because you can't handle your little gambling fetish. Absolutely ridiculous. Okay, now for the are-you-kidding-me department. Mr. Salah, you know, the coach over the Jets, he says Rodgers will make his job easier. Well, you know what I have to say to that? Even in his advanced age, what team, what coach's life wouldn't be made easier from a sure Hall of Famer who some think is, you know, in the GOAT conversation? I happen to be not one of those. But, okay, for this conversation's sake, let's just say, you know, he's in the GOAT conversation. So you coming out and saying that, I just want to throw, throw my beer in your face. Like, oh, really? Especially when you had the Mormon Missile who, let's face it, you weren't going far with him. Of course your life's going to be easier. You just hope that it doesn't turn out like what Mr. Farms did in Gotham did. Yeah, crazy, right? So, Mr. Brady, you know, right, 
now now a part owner of the Raiders. He's had to come out and say, and I don't know why he needs to keep telling us this, he's certain he's done. Well, if you keep saying you're certain you're done, that probably means you're going to try to play again. Just shut the fuck up and, and, you know, get involved with the Raiders and all the other interesting after-career pursuits you want to be a part of. We don't need to hear every five minutes, hey, I'm pretty sure I'm not going to play again, which means you're, you're kind of in that way, in that far way, leaving the door open that you might return. No one would be crushed if you did, even though you were such a shot fighter, it would probably behoove you to just walk away. But given the crap out there, you still are probably better than 60% of the guys that are signal callers in the NFL. So there's always that to consider. Okay. Speaking of the Raiders, Josh McDaniels, yep, that Josh McDaniels, he says he's not worried about the Jimmy G situation. Well, golly gee whiz, you better be. I mean, let's face it. The No Fun League also stands not for long. And if the Raiders stink it up again, you're going to find yourself going back to the hoodie as, a, as an assistant. And I think a lot of that is contingent on if you can keep Jimmy G upright. And there are questions from people about privately that this foot thing is a lot worse. You know, and the chronic injuries, as we've talked about before, I think, if, I know you have to go out and say you're not worried, but you're lying. Okay? And most of us that know the game see that, see right through whatever you're trying to push across to us. All right. Uh, Mr. Vaughn, that's right, Mr. Miller. He says he will be ready for week one, rehabbing that ACL. And I believe him for some reason. You know, unlike folk, I just feel that that guy, he's determined to get another ring. You know, it would be his third with three different teams. So, yeah, I can see him in week one. A lot of exciting stuff going on in Buffalo. They break ground on their new digs. Looking forward to seeing what happens when that finally gets online here in a couple of years. Speaking of Mr. Rogers' old team, what's going on with Mr. Bakhtiari? He doubles down on his statement that the Packers are rebuilding and anybody that doesn't think so is lying to themselves. I get the feeling he's doing everything he can so he can force his way out and maybe reunite with Rogers in New York or, where, or get to a better situation that he doesn't really want to be in Green Bay. And can you blame him? Okay. Russ, doesn't that seem like he's everywhere? I mean, right? It seems like he's everywhere. See him at the NBA. See him at baseball games. Everybody says what great shape he's in. Do we think he's ready for a bounce back year? Or is he, you know, used goods like he showed? Man, I'm still sitting on the fence on this one. I kind of want to believe he's poised for a breakout year again. But then again, maybe... He was exposed, finally, in Denver, and maybe his last year in Seattle. And I'm kind of leaning towards that's probably the case as far as what the backside of his career was looking like. Prove me wrong, Mr. Wilson. And Sierra can laugh at me, too. Okay. So, Jameis talking about 
yeah, man, I feel like I can be a starter. But the question is, Jameis, are you really just the next Cam Newton and just a poorer version? Because at least Cam got a team to the Super Bowl. But I get the feeling you are slowly on your way out of the league just because you can't step it up and get it done. I know you want to believe you're still viable, as Cam still thinks he can help a team. But thinking you can and actually being able to do it, obviously, are two different things. And right now, the foxhole is leaning to that Jameis is going to go the way of the Fig Newton. Okay, my weekly crystal ball. Well, let's talk about the Eagles and the Chiefs, shall we? Okay, I think the Chiefs, it's pretty much a foregone conclusion. You know, with what they've accomplished and that they got Moppet Top, right, in spite of his wacky family, they're going to be in the mix. I think the Eagles will be, but the Eagles are in that weird division where it is very hard to repeat. And you're up one year and you're down the next. And as loaded as the Eagles are and continue to load up, I'm going to say they take a step back this year. My bias aside, because I really do not like them, being a Commanders fan, how can I? But that aside, yeah, I'm going to look at what's happened in that division where you have a different winner every year. They pretty much all four teams kind of cycle through, have their year, you think they're going to be world beaters the next, and they always disappoint. And somehow, as loaded as the Eagles, I think they're going to continue that pattern in the NFC East. Except the Chiefs, yeah, you know, right? They're going to do what they do, and they're going to be in the mix. That's just pretty much, you know, a solid-run organization. Even if they're annoying the hell out of me in terms of some of their antics, you can't argue with the product on the field. Okay, last round of Season 5 TMCA time. That's right, where we hand out the stainless steel bowls of the smelliest varieties for folks in the sports world who've earned that distinction as they come in complimentary, regular XL sizes. And yeah, there's some stinkers this week. We'll start off with Aroma fans. After losing UEL, to see how they were harassing the referee and his wife and kids when they were at the airport, and I'm going to give XL, you know, just for all the fans, I'm going to give it XL for your wife not making arrangements to make sure this guy didn't have to be subjected to that, especially with his family. Come on, fans, be better. Take defeat and grace. Come on, there's no excuse for this kind of, you know, when it, the beautiful game life becomes the douchey life, that ain't right. I'm going to give... An XL to the A's fans that were out brawling. All 15 of you that actually show up to whatever the Coliseum is called these days. Yeah, I know things are frustrating, but give me a break. Is things that bad that you're going to brawl with each other and get it go viral? Come on now. All right. I'm going to give an XL to that doubles team over there in the French Open. What was it? Cato, and I can't even pronounce the other person, but in their frustration... You know, one guy hits the air at the ball and strikes the ball girl, and they get disqualified from the tournament. Come on, man. Once again, check your emotions. So, you know, innocent bystanders don't get hurt. Really lame. I'm going to give an XL to all the climbers on Everest. 
you know, with the dump that Everest has become. I know that's, you know, the, the legendary Hillary, before he passed away, was really, thought it was deplorable, you know, about how revered that place is. Now it's a dumping ground. You know, feces, garbage. You can't really do much about the dead bodies, you know. But then again, maybe you can. You got to figure you can get those Sherpas and, and uh, pay them a, a princely sum and organize some effort to clean up, you know, one of the more majestical places on Earth. Just completely deplorable. Okay. We're going to give complimentaries around to the PSG fans that booed Messi. I get your disappointment and some of the shenanigans, but you can't put this up, Messi. You know, if anything, why aren't you booing Nasser? You know, the architect, why aren't you booing the Emir? Messi has nothing to do with PSG's shortcomings. Come on, folks, be better. I'm going to give this English fan, I think his name's James White, five strip, five XLs. Wearing a shirt that made fun of the Middlesbrough tragedy, 97, what, wasn't enough? What the fuck is... Gar yeah. You know, good. I, they should throw this guy under the jail for being so despicable. What is wrong with you people? Okay. We're going to give a complimentary to Charles Barkley for never shutting the F up. It just, right, you... I'm not saying that, you know, you need to be given the cane and yank from the stage, but your act is tiring. It's terrible, Kenny. It's terrible. Yeah, it is terrible, Charles. And I'm going to give you a complimentary. I won't give you an XL, but yeah. And I'm going to give a, I'm going to give XL for RG, me, and his wife. Talk about two people that are insufferable. You're on the Mahomes level in terms of, you know, always grabbing, trying to grab attention and trying to talk about how your best life. Nobody gives a F about you. Giving this guy a microphone was the worst thing. Okay. Lastly, we're gonna give it we're gonna give an XL to Outcook, Outkick, Black Sports Online, TMZ Sports, and all the rest of these publications that continue to give these influencers bandwidth. We don't care about the thirst trap. Yeah, there's a couple of perps out there, but they've got IG, Snapchat. They can follow shenanigans. You don't have to sit there and say, ooh, Paige, whatever her name is, showing off her boobs again. Stop it already. Okay, folks, this has been, you know, fun five seasons. We're only getting warmed up here. Going to grind our way to season six. Hopefully be a little bit more innovative in terms of, you know, adventures and new content. Or not. We'll still be here weekly giving you the, the rants and raves in, in the sports world and the fun that we have with our adult beverages and all the other shenanigans. You want to be on the podcast, sponsor it, FTINFX at Gmail. And meanwhile, have yourselves a splendid week, and we'll see you when we kick off Season 6 here in a couple of days.